good morning, Newburn, and welcome to City Talk with Lee and Sabrina. We're starting out this morning with Sabrina pointing her fingers at I am me. pointing my fingers. This is going to be a really good day today because I'm going <laughs> to lay Lee Bettis out here in the next few minutes. So, anyway, we are coming to you live on 94.1 WNBU, and uh, we are also live, uh, str- live streaming today, and you don't want to miss this show. Believe me, you don't want to miss I this show. I want to miss this show. What so are you talking about? Go to, I'm already go done. To talk newburn.net you can like us on facebook at talk newburn follow us on twitter um, and and definitely get involved in the conversation today city talk turn it off talk newburn.net lee behave yourself and then you can call us at 252-633-4243 wmbu that's right we got a lot going on today we have guests in the house here we're going to have a call-in guest um, but let's let's recap in the first five minutes of the week. <laughs> and on a high note, on a high note, I well, want speaking to... Speaking of high, it was four years ago today that I was pulled over in Havelock. Yeah, it was. Gosh knows. Time Gosh. does fly. Yeah, and, you know, got us all crazy. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, my sister's just telling me to be nice. I am nice. Tell her again. Email her again. Text her again. Everybody text Sabrina. At Sabrina, whatever your email is, dot com. It it, it doesn't matter, but let's talk about the high note. And the high note was that we had PepsiCo, the uh, board of directors, and the shareholders meeting meeting this week here in Newburn. It was um, first time I got to go, and boy, was I beyond impressed. Let me tell you something. Indra Nui, who's the chairman and CEO of PepsiCo, the $80 billion company, um, is awesome to watch as she performed her duties in chairing that meeting and it was probably the coolest thing I've ever seen and been involved in. She is such a professional uh, and the way she handled herself and the way she responded to questions from the audience and I will have to say that one of the questions was um, a, a woman who was from somewhere, don't know, um, asked Chairman Newey, um why would they come to Newburn with all this HB2 stuff? And um, would Chairman, you know, why did Chairman Newey come here and would she commit to never coming to North Carolina again? And, of course, this woman got booed pretty pretty heavily in the audience and, and Chairman Newey stepped up to the microphone and said, we come to Newburn because it's our home. This is the birthplace of Pepsi. This is a wonderful community with kind and welcoming people. She says, I've never been so welcomed in all my life to come anywhere. And she said, and we will continue to come to Newburn. Was she with the National Press Corps or something? No, I don't know, but I'm telling you, it was awesome. And she really handled herself in such a great manner that it it really blew me away. But anyway, great day for Newburn, great week for Newburn. Did they have that big meeting over at the convention center? No, no, they didn't. Um, What they did do, and how cool is this, in in lieu of a big community luncheon, they made a $50,000 donation to this community. $25,000 went to the Food Bank of Eastern North Carolina and 25000 went to the Triumph you know Palace what? Foundation to upgrade electronics and things in the Pepsi Family Center. So, you know, how cool. They are impacting our community. They come here. I mean, it's just awesome. So I'll, that that's my high note for the week. But well, let's, let's flip on the low and note that now. Was, and that was City <laughs> Talk for this Friday. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you on the sidewalks next yeah, no, week. Lee, let me tell you something. Uh-huh. Dear, f- dear friend. Yes. You know, I've been accused by Alderman Scheibel and everybody else that you bring me down and that, you, you know, because I, I associate with you, you have ruined my reputation. Well, I, I, want, I want everybody to know, first of all, I don't 
you know, I'm, it doesn't bother me. I am who I am. I associate who I associate with for very good reasons. And I associate with you and I hang with you because you are one loyal guy. And you don't throw me under uh, the we bus. Oh, we got a minute. You don't throw me under the bus. What's you don't stab me the in, the, in the back. And I'll hang with you any day. But your behavior sometimes is you didn't like my Facebook post. I did not like your Facebook post. Did it get post. people talking? It got people talking, but I don't care. I don't play like that. You know, I, I asked Lee to take it down. I found it offensive in some ways. And it may... Right, tell them what it was. It we may be facts. No, I, I, don't, I don't need to say anymore, but it's gone and I'm glad. But I want everybody to know that when I think something is wrong, I step up, I speak up about it, and I say it's she wrong. She took me to her office and, and yelled at me. And I, I, I stick <laughs> I with I thought I was going to get paddled. Yeah. I, I, th- I, I, I thought I stay with the paddled. facts. I stay with the facts, and I don't mess around. And I will debate you know, those facts with you. But the process. Chavez, you don't have pers- to like me. Nobody, and you know, and you said there's a lot of people in New Bern who don't care for what I'm doing, and that's okay. But this is an opinion show, and we're going to keep it that way. So everybody, I need for you to get another cup of coffee. We've got Randy Foster here, and Bill, and Bill Han, and uh, we're going to come right back. And we're going to have a lot to say, and I'm going to continue to rag on Lee today. Yes, so pumpkin. you don't want to miss this. Yes, dear. And we'll be right back. No, dear. And we're back with Sabrina <laughs> and Lee. I just got yelled at some more during the. Uh, yeah, this, this is. This yeah, is uh, look, this is not. Are you city sure you're not Russian? This is not. City, it's sh- called humble pie, and you are going to be humble today. Me, I'm going to be <laughs> humble today. Anyway, you're back on City Talk. 94.1 WNBU. Uh, Lee and Sabrina, we're sitting here high atop the Omarks building, looking out over a, uh, our plate glass window over a picturesque spring day. In <laughs> you are such picturesque a liar. day. We have Beth Fairchild here, and uh, she's going to be on the phone. What's Beth doing with us today? Good morning, Beth. Good morning, Lee. Good morning, Sabrina. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. And for those of you, Beth is just a super, she's a, you know, I love that lady, special lady, and she is battling metastatic cancer. And how are you feeling, first of all? I'm feeling great. Good. Um, I am about 18 months out from my diagnosis um, and feeling terrific. Well, awesome. So tell us what's going to happen tonight. And I know you want to talk a little bit about what's going to happen in Newburn tonight and why everybody should get out and support it. That's right. So tonight at the Triumph House History Center, there's going to be um, a, a play by Bill Hand. He's going to be portraying Mark Twain in spoken word. He is duplicating some of the lectures that Mark Twain used to give. And it's a one-man show, two acts. Uh, starts at 7 o'clock. It's going to be a light reception beforehand, and the play will kick off at 8 p.m. And it's hosted by Anna Bolshevitz from the BCTI, and Anna and Bill have graciously put this program together um, in honor of me to benefit an organization that's very dear to me called Metaviver. Well, and and how awesome. And Bill, you know, we've got the star right here in our our, uh, studio today, and uh, we're glad to have him. Welcome, Bill. Want to say a few things about the show tonight? Well, looking forward to it. it. We had a little dress rehearsal last night. went off real well. We had a grand audience of one to watch and see how it went. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Tom Broughton was my special guest for tonight. And uh, just getting ready for tonight. It's a great show. It's uh, an imitation of how Mark Twain used to go around and do his lectures around the world back when his incredibly bad business days. He was one of the worst businessmen in, in the history of the world. 
And um, the, the centerpiece of the night is a story that actually took place right here in New Bern called A True Story. It's a slave woman's story. And uh, I think people really enjoy it if they come out. Well, that's awesome. Beth, what do you want to tell people about the reason they should come out and support? It's not because it's going to be good entertainment, which we know it will be good entertainment. Well, it's going to be great entertainment. You're right about that, Sabrina. There's also going to be wine. And, be and that's always good. <laughs> that's a plus, right? So, but at the end of the day, it's a fundraiser. And we're trying to raise money for metastatic breast cancer research. Um, in the United States alone, 40,000 women are dying every year from metastatic breast cancer. And it's just not something that we talk about because we don't have happy survivor story endings. But ultimately, um, our goal is to fund research that can render metastatic breast cancer a chronic disease versus a terminal one. And when you make a donation to Metaviver, 100% of your donation goes right into research. They don't take a dime for overhead or salaries, which is pretty uncommon these days with a nonprofit. And um, I'm very proud to support Metaviver, and I hope that New Bird will be too. Well, um, you know, we really want people to come out and support this. Get your tickets. Um, come out. And if no other reason, support it for Beth. If no other reason, come and see are, good are entertainment. You, are you going? Lots of, lots, lots of reasons are you that going? We, can, we can get there. Well, and I am babysitting tonight. Really? So Nicole and can, I are going. Can I bring Can I bring my three-year-old? <laughs> bring no, one, bring all. Bring your three-year-old to run around. Absolutely. I will, we, Beth, I will be there. And it was nice seeing you in the Harris Teeter over by the seafood aisle the other day. You look great. Thank you, Lee. I appreciate it. That's one thing I love about living in a small town. Everybody knows everybody. Well, that's great. And, Beth, we hope you'll, we hope you'll come on the show one day, too, because we missed you for um, I Love That Lady segment. But anytime, come on, and we're, we're happy to talk to you. Absolutely, Sabrina. Thank you guys so much. You're welcome. Have a great day. Okay, bye-bye. Can I, can I just tell you one thing? Yes. The coldest winter nice? I ever had was the summer I spent in California. What's that all about? That's Mark Twain. Oh, okay. Sorry. Hello. I'm, I'm not I'm as educated Mark Twain as references. you are. California or San Francisco? San Francisco. It was a thank you. I was corrected by Randy Foster. <laughs> coldest okay, winter so I ever had. Okay, so all right, all right. I was going with the Frank. Introduce our in-the-house guest, and let's get talking, because this is a lot to right, talking about. This morning we have uh, Randy Foster of the Sun Journal. Um, who's who's well? You have to have the microphone in your hand. He's too busy videotaping me. Uh, We're in trouble because I laid you out, and it's all on video now. <laughs> it's on video. It's fine. You've laid me out plenty of times. Not. Good morning, Randy. Good morning. Hold on, I'm gonna uh, go offline now because I can't multitask. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, hey, there's a lot of interesting, really good stuff going on over at the Sun Journal right now. Um, not the least of which is your magazine and the other. The, the new magazine, and I'm not going to say anything about next month's cover unless anybody else wants to. And we also have Bill Hand who's doing, and I want to talk to him about what he's doing. He's awesome doing an eight-part eight series on, on uh, drugs and the drug uh, epidemic in New Bern. It's an in-depth thing. It seems to be really, really honest. How's that going? It's a... Uh it's going well. It's one of the most depressing stories I've ever had to cover. Depressing? <laughs> well, oh, yeah. I mean, 
Well, let me tell you something. If you don't win an award for what you're doing, I'm just uh, hands down. It has been fascinating to read it. And, and the frontline coverage you're getting, I think, makes it become more real. And it is real. That's the problem. It's real. It's impacting citizens in our community. And I'm glad to see you guys taking can it I, Can on I tell you how real it is? And it, this, this yesterday, and um, it, you know, I had to talk to Nicole for an hour last night. One of my clients, beautiful young lady, young mother, um, Marine Corps, and I won't give the name, but Marine Corps husband, uh, you know, bad marriage. She had back problems, everything, got hooked on oxycodone. Um, hooked on oxycodone, two beautiful children. This is a good family, a very good family. They're not, well, she went off to rehab. Um, two days ago, uh, she got kicked out of rehab because she had drugs in her system down in Wilmington. And now, the last they saw her, she was walking over a bridge and she's missing. Yeah. This is this so it's sad. and this is this is one of those things that impacts you that you you try to do your best as a lawyer you try to do your best as a counselor but when the tough love thing in uh, in the I don't know what the answer is the tough love thing is what I suggested it was like look you got to pull yourself together the last thing they have is a videotape of her walking over a bridge and if anybody knows the whereabouts of the young lady I'm talking about please let me know let let the family know um, that's how real it gets. I've, I've noticed a lot of the people I've talked to, it's been a little surprising to me how many of these heroin addictions grow out of old prescriptions for pain. And the addictions, they get on that, how quickly they are, they are given a, a certain supply of pain relievers, they become addicted to it, the prescription runs out, the doctor does not renew it, and by that point, they are, they are addicted. Well, the, the, the stats on this are that we um, use 80% of the world's pain pills yet we are 5% of the world's population. Uh, do we have 80% more pain here than anybody else in the world? Or, I, I, you know, I wouldn't see how we could, because I, I would take it, although I've never been to some, a lot of these places, but uh, they, have to have, they have to be human beings too, so they have the same pain as we do, but we consume 80% of the, of the opiates, and we're 5% of the population. Uh, what do you make of that, Bill? It seems to carry out from everything I'm, I'm talking to people, and I'm getting a lot of cooperation from a lot of people I interview. I'm very pleased. With How are you this. getting all this information? It's hopscotch, verbal hopscotch. One person gives me, a, when I had interviewed you, you would give me a couple of, of good leads. About everybody I talk to, I'm, I'm thinking, well, I'm finally wrapping this thing up, and they suddenly give me an amazing person I've just got to talk to. So um, I talked to a, a lady the other day who came and met me. She met me over at uh, Dunkin' Donuts, and one it took two meetings to get to her the first time, and she is a specialist in, in forensic psychology and wanted to talk to me about the heroin abuse. And on her way to our first meeting, she got back-ended by a lady who was totally high on drugs. And it was nicely ironic, but she got there. But we talked a lot about, about that whole situation, and my brain is just completely lost what situation we're talking about. Repeat that again. We're, we're, <laughs> talking, no, we're talking about the opiate addiction and how, no, how, you are, how you're getting into – out of full disclosure, I'll tell you what – my, my, my clients, I, when, you, when you said you wanted to do this, this story, I talked to my clients. I am extremely proud of these people, a lot of them facing serious felonies, either as drug dealers or as drug addicts or possessing drugs. I, I called them up, and they were glad to talk about it. I, yeah, they were, they were quite talkative with me. I was surprised how open they were, and I have to be very careful when I report them that, and report about them and quote them that I, I don't give away too easily who they are. Um, we're going on a very strict confidentiality on any kind of users or so on that we talk to. Our aim is to put people behind bars. Our aim is to try and address 
a problem, get the community talking and realizing we've got a much bigger problem than a lot of the local authorities are willing to admit. Right, and we do need to, you know, gather together and, and instead of incarcerating these people, these people need help. And that's what we need to focus on and, and try to gather all the resources together so there is mm-hmm. places where they could go and get help. I don't think yeah. anybody starts out wanting to be a drug addict. No, e- you know, even trying most to solve a pre- pain problem, and then it just spirals out of control. Yeah, most of the police I even talk to, they're, they're saying we don't need to be putting heroin addicts in prison. That's not the point, and we wish there was some way around it. Uh, Rick Barney, the chief over in Bridgeton, I talked to him for a good while, and as one, he's saying, we don't need these guys in prison. The problem is we're not, we're not arresting them because they're on heroin. We're arresting them because of what they're doing because right, they're so on they're heroin. They're stealing it's like or 90% they're breaking of crime, in, yeah. An estimated 90% of crime is directly related in some way to drugs. And, right. and, and, it's, and it's all, you know, here's a typical way of doing it. They go to Walmart. They will, uh, they'll steal some in Walmart, and they'll take it right over. Instead of that just being a regular old uh, uh, shoplifting, then they take it right over to Trade It's or Bill's Pawn Shop or one of these pawn shops. Then they, 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 they pawn it right. for a pittance, and that's where a felony jumps in. Or it, you, know, what, you know, if you go into Walmart and you get anything with an electronic tag on it, and you cut that tag off, that, and then you walk out with it, it's no, that's not shoplifting. That's a felony. Mm-hmm. Defeating it, so we're getting. You know, one guy. Uh, no, it was a girl actually. Um, three days ago, uh, it was for uh, I think it was under five dollars, a felony for under five dollars for cutting a tag off of, of of something. And it's like, there's this is this is what we're we're sticking people with felonies for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and anything from uh, your your people off, off the street you think are very perfectly normal people. They're breaking into parents' homes, robbing them blind to get to get the drugs. They're uh, doing the shoplifting they're selling their own prescriptions which go for a very high price so they can go out and buy heroin heroin then i was called the heroin heroin then and uh selling their bodies yeah and yeah. I'm, I'm selling their bodies a lot uh, particularly the women um and a lot of your your break-ins you hear about they're either people breaking in looking for items to steal steal and hawk or they're drug people breaking into known drug houses looking for him. We had a shooting up in uh, Vanceboro. They're almost certain that it was a drug deal as well just a day or two ago. Right. Uh, what's the what's the biggest uh, what's the the biggest surprise to you in doing the series? You're getting this long dramatic pause because I'm not I, entirely I like certain sure which is I've got <laughs> Yes, they're they're amazing for white noise on your on your radio. Um, a lot of it is just the one thing is is a total scattered approach or or philosophies that I'm meeting. It's like um, from one police department to another uh, or or sheriff's office to another is there's whole personalities of entire departments and and how they would approach things, how they look on things. Um, talking to about three or four different departments, one you talk how's the drug war and and the depression that comes back to you is almost overwhelming i talked to another one it's we're winning we're winning every time we take a man off the street by golly that's making our street safer and another one looks at me and says you don't really want to talk about that because it doesn't make people feel safe well, Randy, talk a little bit about the pa- from the paper's perspective. Are you getting a lot of buzz on it? Are people commenting either Facebook or whatever? You know, I mean, I think it's something that's very, you know, compelling. And that people, you know, I, I know I'm drawn to it every time I, I see, what, uh, you know, an article in the paper. I want to 
get in and read it. Now I don't get on Facebook and comment about it. I leave that. I up do. To, I leave that up to stinking Lee. But anyway. All right, Stalin. <laughs> well, the nice thing about um, being in the newspaper business this day and age is that you can get immediate feedback from your readers via social media. So uh, back in the day, like for example, people would say they didn't want to read negative news in the paper. They only wanted to read positive news. <clears throat> but when we post po a positive story as opposed to a story about uh, a uh, home invasion, for example, the positive story will get 53 views. The home invasion story will get 13,000 views. Right. So we have a meat alligator in there and you've got a <laughs> yeah. So we have immediate a drug A drug addict alligator? Right. <laughs> Gang affiliated? Um, with so, so this heroin series has been getting a lot of uh, a lot of readership. It's been getting a lot of notice from around the state and around the nation. I, I just got an op-ed out of uh, uh, an agency in Raleigh that, that said, uh, "Here, here's an op-ed on uh, op-ed means opposite editorial. It's a commentary to go in the opinion page, and it uh, it said, here's a here's a commentary on uh, opioid abuse, and uh, we noticed that you're doing a series on heroin abuse, and we would uh, like it if you would consider publishing this on your opinion page. Um, you know, it, it, it's like, a, have you ever heard a word for the first time, and, and suddenly you see that word or hear that word everywhere? Yeah, everywhere, that's true. And uh, it, it, all kinds of things have been coming together during the course of this series. Um, uh, coming from different directions in addition to Bill's uh, writing. Now this is an eight-part series. Now, each part has uh, a couple of stories, maybe more. It is a fluid situation. Normally for something like this, we would get all the pieces in place, map out coverage, um, do infographics and all kinds of things, and then, uh, and then we would uh, Schedule it well in advance, and so it would all it would it would be all written and ready. Uh, well, that's not what's happening in this case. What's happening in this case is Bill is reporting pretty much live, turning the stories in late in the week, and uh, it's and um, and we're getting it in the, that Sunday's paper. So a lot of the stuff that's in his his articles or, or quotes that he got as recently as just a few days before it was published. Because a lot of his sources are, are appearing at the last minute, it, this is a real difficult thing just to think we're going to do all this well in advance. And some reacting to the actual articles that comes out as well. Yeah. So uh, right now what we plan is an eight-part series over eight weeks. Um, part one is the rise of heroin, uh, prescription abuse, and how heroin has risen as the illegal drug of choice. Part two, is, uh, which appeared last Sunday, was uh, pushers. They, Look at the source of drugs and those who sell them. This Sunday is fighting the fight. Um, CNET local enforcement efforts, the loss of federal aid through seizures. Uh, part four will be the following Sunday, the addicts, overdoses, family breakdowns. Part five will be narcotics in the schools. What is the availability of drugs in schools? How are schools and police dealing with the situation? Part six is the victims. The cost of drug addiction and crime, families torn apart by addicted children, et cetera. Part seven is recovery, short-term, area programs that deal with overcoming addiction. And part eight is recovery, long-term, a look at, at long-term two-year treatment centers. But I, I have a strong suspicion that there'll probably be a part nine, part 10, part 11. Well, the, the, easily be, yes. You know, and, and the, more parts, and the more parts we have to this until we, until we beat this thing. I talked to the guys over at the sheriff's department who... the. the I have the utmost respect for all of our sheriffs uh, over there from the from Sheriff Monette down. They're concerned. These guys are, 
These guys are overwhelmed, and they, you know, you're, you're talking to these hardened detectives who have seen it all, and uh, you're talking to these hardened, you know, law enforcement officers who've seen it all, and, and you know, I'm, I'm alleged, you know, I, and I do, I zealously advocate for my clients, but understanding the, understanding, if I understand law enforcement's perspective and respect their perspective and, and understand my client's perspective, we can, we can possibly work towards a solution which is in the interest of justice for my clients. So I understand these guys. These guys have complex feelings about what's going on. On the one hand, nobody likes it when people's houses get broken into and violent crime. On the other hand, they're the ones dealing with these often broken and broken down, skinny, you know, degraded people, and their, their hearts pour out for them. And we need a comprehensive from, from the top down, and I don't know where the top starts, whether it's the governor or the president, I don't know where that starts. But we, you know, we need to enable our law enforcement officers to tackle this from, from community policing uh, for their own sanity. These guys can't keep going on this way. Catch and release, catch and release, catch and release. You know, you see the detective over at the, and I won't mention his name because he's oftentimes he's undercover, <laughs> but uh, you know, you look at him and it's like, this guy, day in and day out, putting his life on the line, um, kicking in doors when he doesn't know what's on the other side of the door, uh, and he just looks, I look at him and go, man, you're, you're a person too. You, I see the look in your eye of just, you're tired. You're tired, and you, can't, and you can't keep going on like this. It'll wear everybody out. It'll wear the system out. It's one of those big it takes a village type things here. The police themselves, any law enforcement officer will tell you, we are totally overwhelmed as far as this goes. We cannot solve this problem. It's got to be an entire community at large thing within the schools, very importantly, of, of uh, special programs, a number of the police and uh, the AL, organ AL organization has special programs that they're building up and taking around the schools. There needs to be community meetings and uh, just a, a very large, everybody's got to take part. And even on a state level, we are having a major crisis in this state of mental health care and reaching out to addicts and so forth. There, there just simply aren't the numbers of, of help that are needed out in that area. And on a national level, we've got to be reaching out to other countries and finding ways to stop the stuff from coming into this country. Yeah, well, um, hey, if you, well, we'll get, we have one minute left uh, in this segment, but have you talked to, you know, City and county officials, um, and, and, and what's their interest level? Okay, aldermen and uh, commissioners and so on, I have, not, I have not spoken with them yet. I have not specifically spoken to any of those yet, uh, and I will probably be trying to contact a few. All right, good. I mean, I, I, n nobody knows what the answer is, but the fact that we're talking about it and the fact that the Sun Journal is doing such, and I, when, I, when, I, when I saw Bill, such a non-BS view of it, it's a real view of it, right. it's a great thing. Okay, Sabrina? so let's just, everybody, this is great conversation. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Get that one more cup of coffee. We're going to break, and we'll be right back. And we're back with City Talk live here high atop the Omarks building in the penthouse, having a riveting, it is the penthouse, okay. it riveting, you're just the facts, riveting <laughs> conversation just with, the facts. with Randy Foster, <laughs> Bill Hand. Hey, uh, one thing before we get back into it, I wanted to say, um, and more and more people are coming up to me and saying, hey, we like the show, thank, thank you for doing it. And uh, uh, they're actually the mentioning, thank you, Henry Hinton, for in 94.1, Henry, out of his own generosity and, and feelings of public service, is allowing us to do this. So Hen you, everybody should know that Henry Hinton's giving up part of his, his airtime 
for us. And so uh, th that's a good thing. The, the other thing I wanted to say was, look, Sabrina and I are two different people. Oh, Sabrina thank you, Jesus. and I. Sabrina is the is is Nicole says. Why can't you be more like Sabrina? And I was just born under a dark star, so that's not going to happen. But Sabrina is a classy, elegant, um, well spoken, well thought out um, woman. Strong, powerful leader in the community. Oh, no, powerful. I'm no. I'm just telling you, uh, powerful from your own force. You're you're a force of nature. Your own energy. I know. And, but and I what I have a lot of naysayers. I was told. But a I, lot you of know, naysayers. you know what? What I. But if you're gonna say nay, say nay to the the sayer of the stuff that said nay about that nay. Yes. Don't say it about <laughs> Sabrina. <laughs> and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. No, I just don't. You know, you know, Sabrina and I are two different people. She takes me on, but that's what the beauty of this show yeah. is. She doesn't like no, what I, I say, but you know what? Explain. She doesn't, and she tells me she doesn't like it. That's the way. Good. We did that when we were on the board, you and know. that's good government. That's good. That's good for friendships. That's good for government. That's good for everybody. It is, and you know we. But have don't take to it out on Sabrina because she's not me. Come say it to my face, and I'll argue the point myself. I you know, you know, I agree that sometimes you have to temper your comments. You know, I mean, uh, tell I've, that to Martin Luther King. Well, he's and had a dream that everybody would be. Well, I no. believe that everybody is allowed to their own opinion. It's our right. The fact that we're on here giving our opinion, you know, it's our right. You know, Randy gives his opinion every Sunday morning. You know, he there puts was an no article out critic. there. There was no bigger critic, especially four years ago today. When then four years ago today, when I got pulled over in Havelock, driving my kids, like, and one, one of the I just got a comment from someone said happy. Uh, driving like a New York cabbie anniversary day. And so thank you for that comment, smart butt. But, um. <laughs> you know, but anyway, you know, um, Randy and I chatted a little bit yesterday about, you know, how poor Randy's being accused of, you know, just being on our side or whatever what you want to talk about it. it. But, you know, he certainly took us on during the day. And what happens is when you are an ele a public elected official, it doesn't matter. Everything you say and do is open to, to public opinion. And that's just the way it is. Don't go into the job if you're not willing to accept that part of it. Not everybody is going to agree with what you're going to do. Not everybody will disagree with what you're going to do. But there will be both sides of the fence. And if I disagree with something that's being done at City Hall... Or with I, me. Well, uh, well, I disagree with you. I try to bring the facts. I try to bring the facts. And she does. And, you know, I... I you know... I'm just, I'm frustrated. I'm really frustrated. But I want you to know that, you know, we're being accused of we. nobody listens to our show, whatever. And I want We've you to know seven in the, listeners. well, in the last week, somebody came up to me and said, tell Lee to quit saying we have seven listeners. He said, you all have a lot more than you think. And Eight. I've been pretty amazed at people coming up to me. So thank you out there. Thank you for listening. And Henry you know, Hatton. we're trying to bring another, uh, you know, another viewpoint, another opinion. You know, there are backstories to everything that goes on at City Hall. It is not easy to be in that job. It was the hardest job I ever had to do. But when you do it with conviction, when you do it with transparency, when you do it with the facts, regardless of how you vote, they can't bring you down. As long as you stick to the facts and as long as you're open and in the public and not behind a closed door and not trying to, you know, uh, give you that gotcha mentality, it, you can do the job, and you can do the job with great satisfaction and feel that you've really accomplished something. At the end of the day, if you've, done, if you've 
if you've done it the way you know you're supposed to do it, open, honest, yeah. and to the best and, of your abilities. And, you know, what the heck I can have can a conversation have? with anybody on that board of aldermen, anybody, including the mayor. They just choose not to have the conversation with me. They choose because I may call them on something, but I'm calling them on something that I disagree with and I, I potentially have the facts to disagree with them on. And that's just the way it is. And, you know, I'm sorry if they feel the way they do. I'm not sorry if they feel I'm the way they do. I'm sorry if anybody just, listening I'm out sorry there if they feel they don't have the don't strength like the of character either, and ability to speak to come me. on in a debate like normal human beings. Right. That's what I'm sorry about. What do you think? We're going to beat you up? If you can't sit in a room with us and hold your own, then you don't belong in public office. Well, that's true. That's, that's you got to have point. a strong I told, backbone. I wrote Pat Scheibel, who's, you know, I don't know if she's still in Newburn or not, but she... <laughs> oh, now, here you go again. I don't know. I don't know if oh, I'm come on, here. Lee. Come on. There there you go again. And that's the stuff that I gets me in that. trouble. I just, okay, got, I know I just said that to get under your skin. So, I know. But no, I emailed her. <laughs> I emailed her and said, hey, I know that you're, you, can, you can speak. You're at, you have a command of the English language you, you know you're you're smart come on in and debate us what's what's the well, problem they're not because they don't want to be bashed and you know i'm sorry if they feel that way i still invite every single one of them to department heads love to have the new assistant city manager on so we can find out what's going on and what she does I think everybody wants to know what she does. You know, I mean, that would be a you know a good thing. Um, I want I, I really want to talk to Randy a little bit about his uh, editorial this past week was about the the road diet. Um, I have had a lot of comment about that. Um, now, City Hall disagrees with me. Um, I've had several conversations with Mark Stevens, with um, Jeffrey Jerry, with uh, the new assistant city Rudy manager. Jerry. Uh, Chrissy Color, and you know they are all. Hey, this is the best thing that since sliced bread that's going to happen to to First Street. But I kind of agree with you, Randy. <laughs> Thoughts, comments? Did you have a lot of uh, play on that topic? Uh, a lot of play. No, well, you know, no more than I normally do on my Sunday column. Um, <laughs> it's, it's no secret that I write probably most of the local editorials. Uh, and so my column that last Sunday followed up from the editorial the previous week. Uh, Jeffrey Odom uh, commented on the editorial, uh, Alderman Jeffrey Odom commented on the editorial that uh, uh, I had a look at some of the presentation material that DOT gave to the city. Um, now, a lot of what, uh, in, in researching articles, a lot of uh, what I use in, in our um, for material, obviously, is our own reportage. So uh, we had those materials, but I went and took a, another look at it, and I went through the PowerPoint presentation, and um, and then I did some additional research. And um, so uh, uh, that's what my column last Sunday was about: was to uh, as neutrally as as I could, with uh, with an ex with an exception, uh, portray what NCDOT is saying: the benefits of a two-lane with a center turn lane, uh, what the benefits of that are over a four-lane highway. Um, but there are some things that were not taken into account in the NCDOT's presentation. Um, they, uh, well, first off, they don't really have an accurate traffic count for First Street. Um, I don't think they take into account the, uh, the roller coaster uh, volume of traffic on First Street. Uh, yes, maybe over the course of a day there may be ten to 15,000 cars, but a lot of that tends to be uh, focused on certain p times of the day. Rush hour. Right. Uh, yes. Um, but also certain times of the month uh, and certain times of the year. Well, Sundays after Temple Baptist gets out, it's packed up for, right. for an hour. Right. That's a, that's a good example. 
So, um, you know, no, it's not a cookie cutter thing. I, I, th I think that the plans the city has for the, the former electric utility yards are, are pretty neat. Um, I think that a two-lane center turn lane configuration for First Street would look nice. I just don't think that it is practical, um, considering that there are other there are no there would be no other four-lane accesses to downtown. There really aren't at a, as it is. First Street gets you close to downtown, but it doesn't get you to downtown. Right. Um, so, and and then they would be removing that. So that would leave just one, and that would be um, News Boulevard bringing you in, but I don't think that a lot of tourist traffic comes down News Boulevard to get to downtown right, Newburgh. you know, so if you're going to, you know, take News Boulevard, for example, that's four lane, you know, well, could you imagine narrowing that? And I think the amount of traffic, you know, I don't know what the traffic counts are, but my concern, and I, I said this to the city manager, is, you know, what's the overall vision? What is... You know, I understand the city market, but what does the rest of First Street look like? Where are you trying to funnel people? What is the, is it just for people to come off the bypass and get to city market? Is for that to to get to Broad Street and then turn off? I mean, what? where is our vision? What are we doing with these properties? You've got a, a park there that you're trying to make a major attraction in New Bern, bringing more people, looking at Lawson Creek Park. And, you know, are you funneling people into you, that? That's Stevie Wonder has better vision than this board. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> well, we don't, we don't I, I haven't really seen a comprehensive plan. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I just haven't seen it. In talking to Mayor Outlaw, he said that the two-lane configuration would go from the NC, or uh, the US-70 off-ramp all the way to, uh, all the way to um, Broad Street. So, um, you know, that's interesting. And he says the reason they're doing it is because they've got uh, DOT funding to do it. Well, that's spending money for the sake of spending money. Uh, it, it, it's the trendy thing to do now to take four-lane streets and turn them into two-lane streets. Clearly, that's what the NCDOT presentation is, is communicating. This is, uh, this is the trend that they would like to take. They'll make av money available if you do that. Um, so... Ten years from now, that'll go out of vogue when they realize that uh, all traffic's it, backed <laughs> up. That traffic backed up. Yeah. I mean, you know, at one time, really, really, at one time, browsing endorsement for a trademark. Everything comes together here. At one time, First Street probably was a two-lane street. So then they spent a lot of money to make it a four-lane street, and now they're going to spend a lot of money to make it a two-lane street again. And ten years from now, they'll spend a lot more money to make it a, a four-lane street. I, you know, if they want to put bike lanes along First Street, then go to it. Yeah. There's room to do it. If they want to make it landscape, then fine, do that as well. It uh, needs landscaping. It's de desperately ugly, yeah. and there's no doubt about well, it. Well, but there's got to be a total to overall vision. You know you what know? this reminds me of? It reminds me of that bridge. It reminds me of the the, the, the new drawbridge over there when uh, they're discussing what to do, and it started out as a $27 million bridge with metal, uh, with metal bascules, ended up being a $41 million bridge with gears that are, that are questionable. Because there was DOT funding, because people wanted to do stuff without looking, because there was no vision before. And that's what it seems like we've gone back to the future. Well, it's the end result. The vision is, okay, we want a, a nice-looking street that somebody else is going to pay for, and it's going to beautify an entrance into our city, and somebody's going to give us the money, we should do this. And that's where my concern is. That's why I keep saying, what's the vision? What's the overall plan? What is the growth 
estimates and how many people do we think will visit city market or the you know you got development services there anything else you know there's a lot of empty lots there is that an opportunity for developers to come in and develop something would it be shopping areas what would it be therefore creating more traffic trying to get to that destination so you know that's my concern in looking at it what's the vision and you know we are fast coming into 17. I mean, I can't believe we're in the fifth month of the year already, and it'll be 2017, it'll be an election year. And I'm just concerned that we're trying to throw everything against the wall. Hopefully it'll stick. One of the the things that I think has been powerful for Newburn is the uh, public-private partnership in the shaping of of downtown area. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I specifically point to Swiss Bear Downtown Development. Um, but other organizations as well. Um, I mean, really, uh, Newburn uh, saw that the, the downtown was going in the wrong direction, and so they they put the pieces together to do some pretty miraculous things. I don't see Swiss Bear being in, intimately involved in because in they won't let them. They don't. They cut us off. They've you been know, exiled. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you think about the largest project that's going on in downtown Newburn right now is the School of Government study, with all the the, the piece of property never once was Swiss Bear involved in that process. Mm. The the behind the the Tron Palace, you know, on the South Lawn, they've done that, not involved. So you know, they cut the funding off. I get that. I, ha- I you know, I understand that. But again, I don't understand it. Well, you stick with something that works. It's Susan because Moffitt of this. Susan Thomas and the and the organization she put together and led for thirty years. And once again, th- well, we could talk about strong women leadership in Newburn, but there has been since its inception of modern <laughs> Newburn in the eighties, strong women. Well, you leadership. can go back to the seventeen hundreds and look at strong Newburn women. <laughs> I can give you a list a mile long. Uh, well. I'm I can't. Just, since, you'd no. start with Margaret Wake Tryon, you know, the first 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 lady of Newburn. You know, you could start with her. You could go to Madam Moore. You could go to But she's not listening. Yeah, no, <laughs> she's not. Well, in spirit and, they're listening. And no, but right. Susan Moffat Thomas, Linda Staunch, you but the Swiss Bear was integral in t- transforming a downtown, a ghost town into what it is today. You stick with that formula. Guess what? I advocated right, we're doing b- great new things without them. Well, you, you know? fund them, you fund them, you stick right. with what works, you don't. Once again, it was a vendetta. It was a vendetta. That's what and that's was. what I was talking about on my Facebook. This is vendetta politics. And Dana w- had been Excuse lobbying. Excuse me? M- Mayor Outlaw Thank you. had been lobbying to get rid of Susan Moffat-Thomas. Because he didn't like her. And that's not why you do business well, in the city. And, you know, it's I, outrageous. Was, outrageous. But, Lee, come on, there was a, a multitude of reasons. That's not but the I'm only reason. There was simplistic. a multitude of reasons. But again, your point is well taken that, you know, here you have an organization that's, you know, the state of North Carolina has Main Street communities and they're public-private partnerships. And, you know, it's really interesting. I'm I'm taking the steps to becoming a Main Street manager along with Lynn Harakow. We've decided that both of us are doing this. Love that, that Lynn Harakow. You know, we can do this and we're taking the training. And the comment to us, they called us and said, your, your paperwork's incorrect. And we said, what's wrong? You, you left out the funding from the city. There is no funding from the city. Excuse me, they said. There is no funding from the city. All of the Main Street communities in the state of North Carolina have some sort of funding, be it MSD funds or whatever, in because it's a partnership between the municipality and the private sector. And so they're kind of standing back looking at Newburn saying, what is going on down there? But that, 
you know, again, we're not letting that stop us. We're continuing to rise above. So that's what's really going on behind the scenes. Randy, the rest of the story. <laughs> and now you know. <laughs> and now you know. <laughs> we got one minute, according to Neil Otell. Comment. Comment. Go ahead. <laughs> Comment. Um, well, you know, I, I guess I started that line of <laughs> conversation because, um, uh, you know, as I said, there's some pretty miraculous things I've been doing. But now the, city, uh, it, the Board of Aldermen and City Hall just seem to be uh, coming up with things on their own or with their own studies without cons consulting with downtown property owners, downtown business owners. And maybe they are, but it's a very uh, lofty group of people that they're doing it with because the ones that I'm talking to are, don't seem to be involved in it. Well, because they don't want to talk to me. I'm the last person on their list, even though I've dedicated the well, last 30 years in well, developing not just, not just you, but others. I are, know, and so. it's true. There's that group of us, and, you know, I mean, if we, we, don't have, we don't have the same thing. All right, we're going to break. I'm getting the signal. We're going to be right back. What, rousing conversation? We'll rousing. Be right back. And we're back on City Talk Live with Lee and Sabrina. This has been a great conversation today. We've had Randy Foster, editor of the Sun Journal, and Bill Hand um, talking about lots of things going on with the Sun Journal, one of which is his heroin series and, and what's going on. Newber Magazine. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Newber Magazine, but Lee is going to uh, confess. Um, my you sins. Know, yes, right now. Oh, my father, for I have sinned. Go ahead. If I have offended any way Thank in you. any shape... <laughs> form hey look if you're if you're offended by what i wrote on my facebook page i, I apologize for for you being offended by it and uh um it has nothing to do with sabrina <laughs> i just you know i can't tell you enough that sabrina i don't control her she didn't control me and that's what makes this show good and that's what makes government good so i apologize if i hurt your feelings um and and he's gonna can behave I exclude, everybody no, can i exclude People from no. Okay, now let's let Randy Foster talk and tell us about the newest. Magazine. What about the Newber magazine? <laughs> That's like a, put your hands on your iPod and feel the warmth of your sincerity, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh you saw God. my eyes. Oh my God. I am very. And as a reporter, you must say that those were <laughs> sincere. Um, yeah. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about my Newburn magazine. We're in the process of working on the June edition right now. And uh, actually, Sabrina's on the cover, along with four other women in the awesome. Sabrina's on the cover. Awesome women. Awesome. It was, I, I tell you, I've, the, the group of women, it was an awesome group. Great picks. Yeah, the, uh, the women, the, the working title for this story is Wonder Women. And it's the, the rising class of women in New Bern who are leaders in the community, taking a handoff from uh, generations of powerful women, uh, Bayard Wooten, uh, Gertrude Galloway, Caraway. Uh, mm -hmm. um, I mean, like you said, you mentioned some others. Madam Moore, it, it, who you, discovered you just go through the, the list is long, and it, the list has not stopped. So, um, so we are uh, we we have an article uh, called Wonder Women that, that it's a nod to the rising class of powerful women. Um, we we have an article about uh, behind the scenes at Hatteras Yachts. Uh, we you'll be able to read about. Uh, Core Sounds Boat Builders. You'll be able to uh, get an inside look at um, Jan Francoeur's house. On, uh, oh, awesome. On Let me tell you what. I, I saw your magazine last month, and the quality, the sheer quality of that magazine 
was, you know, New York Magazine kind of quality. It's glossy. It feels good to read. It feels good to sit down with a cup of coffee and read it and read read about our, our, our area. You brought legitimacy to this magazine. It's a really, really, really good magazine. Well, the neat thing about it is that it gives us a, an opportunity to do long-form journalism, but in other words, longer stories and get into more depth about things that people are curious about in our community, but also some striking visual uh, presentations also. It's loaded with pictures. Well, it's a bold and, move bringing right. back a magazine right now. Um, it's got to, I mean, uh, where, where can people buy it? Where can people get it? Well, it'll be uh, coming out in uh, mid-June and it'll be inserted in uh, Sunday Sun Journal. Uh, so all subscribers will get it. Uh, everybody who picks a copy up at, at the news racks. Honest to God, you can get it through the subscribing to the Sun Journal? Yep, it's uh, included in your sub subscription price. And it's in, if you buy it from a newsstand or from a, a countertop location, you can get a copy there as well. Uh, if you happen to miss that weekend, uh, we, sell, uh, uh, we sell copies at a variety of locations around town. And um, so uh, we're really looking forward to uh, putting out our second edition, and I hope you like it. Well, thank you, Randy. And it was fun being there yesterday and photograph. And uh, were you wearing a, a Wonder Woman outfit? Just a, no, just a great, a great bunch of women. Let me tell you something. Um, are we allowed to say who they are? Yeah, I will say. Um, it requires me to remember five things. So Sabrina Bangle, Theresa Lee, Don Baldwin Gibson, um, Lisa Bisbee, Lisa Bisbee Lentz, and um, Vanna. Vanna Pruitt. Yep. And it was just, it was pretty awesome to be in their company. But we're winding down right now. Uh, no. it's been It's been a great show. I do want to mention that Sunday is Mother's Day. I want to shout out to all the mothers out there. Um, I, you know, every Mother's Day, I always like to quote my favorite piece of scriptures, which is Proverbs 31, 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed. That to me, I don't need a gift. I don't need flowers. I don't need dinner. I just this want is my, my children mom's to first Mother's Day in heaven. And she's and having a blast. She, she absolutely is. She's having, she's a, having blast. a blast. Uh, All right, everybody. Are we done? <laughs> 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 We're done. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs>